0: Welcome to the Startup to Something Podcast. I'm Mark. And I'm Matt. This is our weekly update where we share the ups and downs of building and growing our bootstrapped online businesses. And sometimes we ramble on about tech. How's it going, Matt?
1: Yeah, great. It's going really great. I took the full four days over Easter weekend, so Good Friday and Easter Monday, and I really needed it. (laughs) (laughs)
0: oh yeah yeah we we, we we're blessed with amazing weather
1: oh man it's just yeah every day the temperature goes up a little bit more the days get a little bit longer i just start to feel better oh it's amazing yeah man i so i concluded my uh facebook ad campaign uh, uh on monday so i ran my I decided to give Facebook a try because, you know, I've done Facebook ads a little bit in the past. It's amazing how much things have changed. (laughs) Things have changed a lot. Um, I really just wanted to see if I could get in front of people and see, you know, is this a viable channel? It would be nice to get like a little win, pay a little bit of money to learn something about my audience, that kind of thing. So I ran the Facebook ads for 10 days and learned quite a lot. I, first of all... I really didn't want to do audience tracking through a pixel or anything like that. And I was really doubting the results of what the ad campaign would be without it. So as a first shot, I said, I'll include the pixel for now. And in next time I run a campaign like this, I'll put more effort into figuring out how to run something without so much client-side tracking. So I structured the landing pages for this in kind of like a two-step. The first one is a a main landing page with the core copy on it. And then um, there's like a clear call to action and that call to action takes you to another page that basically is a contact me form. Put your information in, hit contact. So the conversion event that I was looking for was landing on the contact me page um, because that at least tells me like, okay, well, you know, the first step of the funnel is you see the ad, you click, you come to the page, you like what you see, and then you click again. So I... Took me a little while to get all that set up, but I I figured it all out and I have it all working on Vercel and deployed and everything, so that looks good. And I let rip with the campaign. So my campaign, I split into four different ads and I had a different flavor of each ad type, of each ad, of the copy in each ad with different positioning. So I went with kind of three different positions, one being um, this problem is a headache for you and your client. Solve that problem. Another one was, uh, this is a concierge kind of service. Give your, give your clients the red carpet, you know, make them feel cared for. And then the next piece of copy was an ad that I added to the ad set a little bit later. So it kind of in FBAR's world, what I realized was I actually am missing out on an, on an interesting value prop. Um, by white labeling my product, I realize that this is a way that well, a lot of the feedback that I've been getting is people who aren't as versed in the industry are saying things like, Well, aren't you eating into their the accountant's ability to charge? Because right now they're saying, like, well, I can help you with your F bars and I can also charge for that time. So by offering a product like this, you're kind of removing that ability um for them to charge their clients. Now of the of the accountants I've spoken to they don't really care about that because they, they, they see the f bar portion of this as not a value-added service. They're just like, you know, we'll do it. We'll help you. Like, it's not that fun. It's really just a time waste. But I realized that this could actually be a, a, a means of creation, value creation for the accountants. So what I was thinking was, well, in the white-label version, what I could do is say, you know, the client doesn't pay. They just sign up. They go through the flow and everything. And then the accountant bills whatever they want to the client for the use of this platform so if they want to bill say a hundred dollars flat or seven dollars per account or whatever or maybe they don't want to charge at all and they're just happy to provide the service i can leave that in the hands of the of the accountant to decide and then i realize like oh you they could charge if they want to and then i kind of unlock this new opportunity for accountants to make more money from their clients while also performing um, a better service so one of the ads in my ad set harkened back to this of, you know, get paid while you, uh, you know, get paid while you get paid or, you know, that sort of thing. And then I have one more ad in the ad set. I've just remembered that's speed. It's very focused around getting FRs done, finished, that sort of thing. And uh, the ads that performed best were the latter two. Okay. Get paid while you get paid and speed. So um, in terms of total traffic. Those two ads got the most clicks, but the leads came from... um, So I I only got two leads. I I learned a lot (laughs) about running these Facebook ads. So I have a million knobs that I can turn now, but I realized that there's many ways of getting clients out of Facebook and onto your site. So for example by, by redirecting somebody to my page, having them leave Facebook and wind up on, on my page now introduces another level of conversion between them taking an action to say, I would like to sign up. So I, it's possible that maybe the results would have been better if I had tried like a Facebook user submit form. That was the last, um, that was the last campaign that I ran. You would click on the ad, and it would show up a form, and that form would be auto-populated with your uh, your Facebook profile, like oh, your name and your phone number are already populated, and you just have to like click OK, basically. Cool. So it's really easy to submit the form. Um, but if you're if you don't like the the way that that's shown or the way that Facebook conveys information, then maybe it won't have as good conversion rate as something else. Um, nowadays you can do things like have lead magnets inside of Facebook and that sort of thing. Um, because wh- I was having a conversation with a friend about AdWords because I'd been interested in also trying an AdWords ki- campaign for bars, But he's running, my, my friend is running AdWords on, um, he, he's running an AdWords campaign and a Facebook campaign and he's finding that his Facebook campaign is performing much better. And we were kind of, you know, tossing around the idea that People don't realize, you know, we we like to think of intent-based searches. I have this problem, I'm searching for a solution. But if they have a problem, but they don't fully realize that that it's solvable or can be solved, or that they want to solve it, and then they get something that kind of proves, oh, actually, there's a solution for this problem I have, I'd love to see what that is. Like, it's really interesting to see how the how different problems react in different ways, Or, or yeah. I guess that's put weirdly, but yeah, like how people choose to take action. So all that to say you know i didn't generate many leads it's interesting to see which ads were engaged with more and i'm going to use that going forward um, with some of the with some of the plans i have for direct outreach that that are going forward um, so i'll come to that in a, in a little bit but yeah so learned a lot about
0: well just to recap like you have you had four different ads mm-hmm. and they led to Four different landing pages?
1: No, they all led to. Oh, that's a good point. Yeah, they all led to the same uh, to the same landing page.
0: Okay. So, do you know? Because you said most of your leads came from the the last two campaigns, yeah. the ones about white labeling or about being faster.
1: Yeah, yeah.
0: But those didn't convert as well as the the other.
1: Two. Yeah, yeah. They didn't. Uh, once they reached the landing page, none of them. Like signed up for more information, none of them clicked the call to action, um, which is a great point because that means the ad that they saw inside of Facebook did not align with the landing page that they were taken to. That's a great point. Right. I didn't think about that. Um, the landing page was focused on speed, which is interesting because the the one of the ads that got the most engagement was around speed Okay, as a value prop, but they chose to not take action. This is, yeah, like I got a new appreciation for a lot of the... <laughs> for you talking for a lot of the problems you've been talking about with copywriting of just like I'm trying to I want it, it's that balance of I would love to sit down and spend more time thinking about the conversations I've had to write better copy but I'm also I didn't want to use that as an excuse to not run ads which is what my yeah. goal was. So if I were going to do this again, I would probably have four different landing pages and have the copy align between all of the ads that would be an experiment that I would run for sure. Um I would also try the facebook version of the landing page and and see if i can get some some submissions that way um yeah the the next big one was audience trying to figure out if you're getting in front of the right people that one was also tricky you you spend a lot of time defining your audience which is harder than you think (laughs) of just like it's one thing if they say oh i like this page or i like this page but with this, it's a little less clear, because it's more like, okay, well maybe it has more to do with education or membership to, CP- to the CPA organization. So trying to figure out how can I add this certification or something like that to my audience, and then are there negative keywords that or negative traits that I can match on to make sure that I'm only getting to the right place. And Facebook does this very funny thing because they have this option or something called audience expansion. So you, it's really funny because you like, you, you plug in all of your stuff. Like I spent hours like going through it, going through the, the options and Googling more about accountants and looking at accountants I know and trying to figure out like, okay, what can I put? And then it shows me my reach. And I kind of think like, all right, well, I can go to the, 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 website of the chartered professional accountants uh, in Canada and say how many members do you have and then say well how many of those members do I think are on Facebook and then I can kind of think like am I hitting the reach because Facebook at least attempts to tell you what your reach is and I was reaching a few thousand and I thought okay you know there's there's like how many people do we have in Canada 32 million it's like there's probably more accountants than that <laughs> so um you take a look at like audience expansion and you you click that and then facebook says great um we've expanded your reach to like 40 million people <laughs> 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 and i'm just like well there's not 40 million people in canada so
0: right let's nice ca- try facebook yeah let's nice try
1: <laughs> thanks facebook but so I, I decided to turn it on just to give it a try and see like, okay, maybe I'll turn this off at some point and see if things improve. Um, I ended up not turning it off because my traffic wasn't crazy. Like, it, it's not like I was seeing tens of thousands. Like if I was seeing something like tens of thousands of views a day, that would tell me that like, okay, something's probably weird here. Um, but I was seeing very, like, uh, I think at the end... Of my campaign i think i had ten thousand impressions maybe a little bit more so over 10 days i actually feel okay about that so i just left it on and think all right hopefully there's something that facebook is matching on that i'm not aware of and hopefully it was something so um when i created my ads i also didn't put a ton of effort into my what my images look like i really just kind of like had a bright version of my logo and with like canadian flags on it but if I were gonna do this again, I would spend a lot more time. I, I would create a lot more experiments around zeroing in on the different value propositions that I had, speed and making money, that sort of thing. And then doing a mix and match with imagery as well to figure out if there is a combination that works that works well. Um, the thing that I, I, so I'm kind of discouraged from writing, running Facebook ads again until I can, really zero in on how to show ads exactly to my audience. I think if you're doing something, if you had a clearer indicator for how to match on an audience, I think you can probably be quite successful. But I just can't like zeroing in on someone's education, I thought would be better. But I guess there's so many unknowns here. Of like, are they not interested in the offer, or maybe they are, and I screwed up the the copy, and I'm just not converting, or yeah, there's a lot of unknowns. There's a lot of unknowns.
0: Yeah, well, I mean the converting, yeah, that that could be your copy, or it could be mm-hmm. anything. But at least at least you got people to click on the ads, and that did reveal some information. Yes. Like you you, I think it has it has validated your value proposition better. Mm-hmm. Like the white labeling or making the job faster for accountants seems to, seems to do better.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. So at least with that, I've got some ideas now for how I want to form conversations going forward. Um, I, to, to amp myself up, every few months I listen to the microconf talk from Jason Cohen, where he talks about designing the ideal bootstrap business. And he gives away this awesome trick that's been re-reported. I feel like by every marketing professional, where they say like he he talks about calling up WordPress consultants and saying hi. I've built I'm building this thing for people like you because I know you have these problems, and I will pay you an hour of whatever you, you think your time is worth, um, just so I can talk to you about this. And he talks about you know doing this and having nobody ask for money, but yet get, but just really are happy with the respect that they're giving. With the, to- with the respect to their time that they're receiving. And I just need to do the same thing. Like it's been way too long since I've spoken to potential users and it's time to fix that. So I'm just gonna, I'm, I'm gonna take some time this week and do exactly this of, I'm just gonna hit on Hunter.io again, do some messaging on LinkedIn and just see if I can get some people to talk to me. It's still a busy time of year. The, uh, the filing deadline for US taxes was pushed to uh, May 15th from April 15th. Um, okay. So I don't know if I'll get some responses, but I don't really care. I'll just send some stuff. I'm gonna send a bunch of emails, as many as I can, and just as if I'm respectful of people's time. Hopefully, they I hear back. And if now's not, um, if now isn't a good time, I'll try again in another month or two. Right. And if I get no responses, then that's a pretty clear message.
0: Yeah. No, that sounds like a, the right thing to do. I mean, at least at least you, you're more focused now on what you're what you're offering.
1: Yes. Yeah.
0: So that will help with your outreach.
1: Yeah. Yeah, I think I really stumbled on something as soon as I started to think about this as a value-added service and empowering accountants to be able to charge for something new. I think that makes this a more compelling offer, or at least a more interesting offer. Um, and I think that I think I think accountants will dig it. it I think it's something that they'll be uh, that they'll be very intrigued by at the very least. Um, right. and maybe I'm totally wrong, but. I've got lots of value propositions. It's just how do I have more conversations with people to understand that I really understand the problem and that there's something compelling?
0: yeah, because even if it doesn't generate money for them, like it's still and it still demarks them from the competition. absolutely. Right? Like, they go like, wow, we, you know we'll make it even easier for you to do your F borrows.
1: Mm-hmm. yeah, and I think that's really the the piece I'm stuck on right now is I don't know it's still difficult for me to value that problem for them. Like they they know it's annoying. They know their clients find it annoying. Everyone hates it. Um, is it something they're willing to pay for? And how much are they willing to pay? I mean, like pricing is is always a problem. But do they value the problem enough that they're willing to pay for it? Hmm.
0: Yeah. So that's still not validated, right?
1: Yeah. So a question I was going to have that I had for you was: so I'm going to put together this email, these cold emails, and say, hey, you know, I'm looking to talk to professionals like you specifically. Um, I don't want them to be sales calls necessarily. I would much rather have them just be interviews. Um, would you mention? So I, I kind of want to mention the what I'm working on, so that I can. I don't I don't. I feel like it legitimizes my request a little bit more. But maybe it doesn't. Maybe it's not necessary. Um, how would you structure something like this? Like if you were going to start reaching out to no code agencies, for example, to understand how they do work. Do you say, hey, like you know, I'm I, I'm the founder of Power Importer. And I'm looking for information on this or I'd like to interview you, or do you kind of come at it a little more innocently and say, you know, I'm not trying to sell you or anything like that?
0: Yeah, well I haven't done any outreach for for power importer. Okay. But in your scenario, I mean, the first thing that would come to my mind if I was an accountant is is yeah, you're trying to sell me something. Yeah. I mean that's that's clear. Mm-hmm. It, that that's the that's what I'm gonna assume mm-hmm. and I would most likely ignore you for that reason.
1: (laughs) Yep, fair enough.
0: Okay, so so I think you have to tell them what what you're what you're doing. Mm. I mean, without selling, like I'm not, you know, you're not trying to to sell it, but at least they they have an incentive to to arrange a a call with you. Mm -hmm. I don't know if is it really just the offer of a free gift card or something like that that's going to entice them to do it, Mm. or maybe the fact that they are super busy right now might. Might be a good time to say, "Hey, I I'm building this tool that that's going to make it really easy for you to to get your f bars from your clients."
1: Yeah, that's a good point. So you think I I should not necessarily come off as salesy, but you think it, it's better off to be more straightforward about the hey, I'm building this thing for people like you. I think you might find it useful, but I'm not trying to sell you anything. Or I I don't know, like I don't want to structure it like a sales call because I agree, I think it's well, at this point, I, I value the conversation more than I value the sale. I I, I think that's a fair statement. Um, and I feel like saying that I'm maybe I can be less or more ambiguous and saying, "Hey, I'm you know I'm really looking at the F bar space and I'm curious how you handle it." Um, and maybe this is a test. <laughs> Everything is a test. I just send a bunch of emails with one one approach of you know I'm more ambiguous about the way I handle uh, of what I'm doing, but and more interested in them and their time versus more explicit about what I'm doing and maybe I come off a little more salesy but at least I say hey I'm you know I'm not trying to sell you anything
0: yeah those are all good
1: questions <laughs> I just I gotta mean, try it I guess
0: yeah like first I mean I'm thinking they're busy they're they, they, they're probably waiting right now for people's f bars. Yep. <laughs> so if you were reaching out hey I'm you know I'm building something for people like you and I'm willing to pay for your time Maybe that would work, but if they're really busy, maybe not. Right? Like, mm-hmm. really, do I want an extra hundred bucks? Like, I'm all my time is already booked.
1: Yeah, I, I think the answer to that is just, I, I, if that's the problem, like I'm busy, do I want? Do I really want this money? I don't. I, I don't think I'll ever be able to answer that question because I'm sure some people, some people are probably opportunistic and they'll say, Hey, it's an hour. I'll do it over my lunch break, or oh, I'll schedule it in the evening. i'll you know i'll meet with him for an hour and that'll be it
0: true so like how much are you willing to pay them like
1: yeah i mean or you're
0: just or you're just bluffing
1: well no i'm not bluffing like if so the way i'm planning on doing this because when jason cohen did it he was like none of them ended up charging me so i don't know if it's just the conversation was that valuable or whatever but i'm going to book it in waves i'm going to try a few people and see if I get some responses. I'm gonna slowly start and see if people actually do invoice me. And if they do, hey, that's fine. I said I would pay. So here I am, I'm paying you. Okay. But um, I just take really rigorous notes and figure out how to take that and tweak my copy or use that to help outreach.
0: Because yeah, if you're willing to pay for their time, maybe uh, would you be able to offer your service for, for free? For, I don't know, for so many, so many clients. Like here, I, I built this thing i'm i am i need some some better testers you know um so like if you would be willing to try it with some of your clients you know i'd be willing to to offer it for free for your you know in exchange for your for your time and your feedback mm. yeah so so they they see the value in that oh this is gonna this will allow me to get my my effing f bars for my clients mm. <laughs> oh that you know that, that's interesting
1: yeah, because one of the things I realized... So I was rereading The Mom Test recently, and one of the things he talks about in that book is you um, you never... There's like a sanctity of a user interview call that you never want to... Well, ne, not always never, but you want to be very, very careful by taking this thing and then trying to turn it into a sales thing after, Um because he's just like, you know, it really, it, it violates this weird re- the relationship between you and the person you're interviewing. And he was like, I've only ever done it a few times where somebody is just, you know, they're complaining vehemently about this one problem they're having. And he was like, look, you know, I, I know we, we said, this isn't a sales thing. And I want you to say no, whatever, but there is a thing over here that you might be interested in. Maybe I can email, follow you up about it. Or he, he very gracefully brushes the fact that there is a beta that these people might be interested in in being a part of. Um, so it would be interesting, actually, to um, yeah, to to make that free or to have some part of that be uh, be covered by my product.
0: Yeah, I mean, I I like the mom tests, um, but I think it usually applies to before you've actually built the product. That's true, right? It's mostly like it's it's really about. Problem, problem discovery and mm. talking to potential customers mm-hmm. and then I, I agree yeah you, you don't want to be selling like, but in this case you have something that you could you could offer them for free for mm. I don't know for 10 customers so it's like yeah, yeah I just I, need, I just need some beta testers uh, this would this would help you get your F bars quickly and it would allow me to, to to debug it and make sure that it's it's working and ready for next year's mm. next year's tax season
1: yeah
0: and yeah, then you don't try to sell them. But you know, after they've had their f- first five free clients or ten, whatever the alpha is, mm-hmm. if they like it, they'll most likely contact you. Say, "I want ten more." <laughs> mm-hmm. Well, I, mean, I don't know if those numbers are realistic at all. Like,
1: yeah, but I see where you're going with this.
0: Like they got the free one, they got to try it, and like, wow, this worked. I got my f bars quickly, mm-hmm. and yeah, and then. By themselves, they'll discover. Like they'll, if they're curious, they'll, they'll go look at the landing pages. The, they'll read the fact. They'll realize, yeah, this I could I could white label this, and at least for next year, mm-hmm. or maybe even for this year. And they they saw how well it worked for for the X free clients, and now they're willing to pay for for the rest. Yeah, yeah,
1: yeah. That's a good point. Yeah, I need to come up with a couple of like. I, I think that's a great offer. I think that's a great offer cuz I have the ability to do that today. I have coupons and and referrals and stuff like that. So I can probably just I can probably just figure out how to rig something together like super simply that just gives people cuz I tried to do <laughs> I tried to do free through Stripe, but Stripe doesn't process free things like I I just want I just want Stripe to send me a webhook to say hey, it's free or like right. you know Processed whatever, free, but it doesn't do that. So I give them an offer that gives them like 94% off or something like that, just to like, eh, it's it's a total mess. I, I really want it to be free. I just need to figure out how to hit like, okay, go. Um,
0: oh yeah, you can't set a 100% off coupon? No, you can't. Huh?
1: Yeah, it's very annoying.
0: <laughs> yeah, that is annoying.
1: Because they want to have a, uh, I guess for them, like there must be some cost to taking a credit card and putting it on file or running a zero dollar transaction through it, like there's still a cost to them. There, there must be. I mean, otherwise, then they would just support this. Right. There's a lot of smart people at Stripe. I would assume that they would try to handle this, but they don't. But either way, like I can hack something together super quickly to just be like, you know, it's free. Yeah.
0: But I mean, even that might be enticing enough. Like I can give you 95% off. Like. <laughs> <laughs> It's practically free, but I mean, it, it's just enough that they actually have to pull out their credit card. Yeah. That would be interesting.
1: Yeah, I was kind of justifying that to myself. <laughs> just like, oh, I, yeah. I mean, you know, it, it shows that people value this enough to pay for it.
0: Yeah, that's it. Yeah, like I'm willing to run it at a, at a deficit mm-hmm. in exchange for your feedback. Yeah. yeah.
1: So, yeah, I I'm putting together... Yeah these you know i'm now now that i've run the facebook ads it's given me a little bit more confidence of just you know people clicked on it people people clicked i don't know who they are but they clicked (laughs) so i'm that's
0: the that's the first victory
1: (laughs) exactly yeah so uh i'm at this point it's like all right cool like you know I, i i've been spending way too much time not talking to people so i need to get back in there and just talk to as many people as i can and i think this will work and i agree having an offer or something that i can give them especially if they're excited about it would be fantastic i'm not i think what i'll start doing is i'll start reaching out to people while i build in this free piece so that it doesn't like there's no reason that i can't do both at the same time yeah so i'll start reaching out to people i'll build in more of a free hook or figure out how to make that work and then i'll um and then I'll include that as part of my, my offer to them, to all the excited people that I'm going to meet that finally have somebody to handle <laughs> f-bars for them. <laughs> so yeah, that was really, that was really fun this past weekend to really watch the numbers go up and understand, okay, you know, how much money am I spending? Um, how many clicks am I getting? How can I change things? What, what did I do well? What did I not do well? Um, yeah i think my big takeaway at least for marketing like this is steps to conversion like it's funny to see that funnel narrow to feel it right. miserably of every time you make somebody click on something a few less people click and it's just like oh yeah right i yeah i forgot that this is what a funnel is yeah
0: oh well i mean that's that's really that's good news yeah like you you know like it's it sounds weird to be excited about having given facebook some money mm-hmm. <laughs> but yeah it's you know you've you actually got some feedback from it totally it's like you actually now you know which messaging seems to work better mm-hmm. um yeah now most likely your your landing page needs improving, yeah, yeah, but now you you said you installed the pixel, right, so you can retarget them now
1: yes, I can retarget i I don't feel good about doing that <laughs> i yeah I don't know, I don't like to be honest like I Googled something about uh, – I had to Google something around the, the MCATs. My brother is a doctor, and I, I was Googling the test and looking around. And I clicked on a site post-Google, and now I'm – real. now the MCATs are following me everywhere. I, I can't watch YouTube anymore <laughs> because I just get MCAT ads everywhere. And I just think, like, guys – you're wasting your money. Stop! I'm not like I'm 33. Like I'm not going. To, I'm not going to med school. Like go away. And I just think like, oh man, I don't want to do this to people. Like yeah. My messaging wasn't clear enough to begin with. I don't know that I necessarily want to retarget them. But you're right, I could. I, I could do this. Which gave me a ton of, like, I had all sorts of gray hat ideas about how to attract people. Like, Because if, you, if your interest is just building a pixel, it would be very interesting to go to, like, a Facebook group. Of people that you know are there, and share a bunch of memes, and get people to click on the memes and like come to your site in order to view them, and be like, "Gotcha! <laughs> now you're in my now you're in my pixel audience, and I can just create copy audiences and that sort of thing." I'm just like, "Oh god!" I mean, granted, then you're getting people who click on memes, but if your meme game is strong, then are in the then,
0: right group, yeah, yeah.
1: Then you maybe you'll find very valuable people.
0: Oh, there must be so many good accountant memes.
1: Oh, for sure. <laughs> I, uh, I I surfed a few accountants subreddits and their memes are hilariously niche. A lot of Finding Nemo memes. Really? Yeah. I I like. I wish I could regurgitate them to you, but like I don't understand them, so I don't remember them. <laughs> it's like, oh, you should have thought about this form. Have you filled in this form? And then like Nemo with like big eyes or something. Like that. <laughs> so, like, I I
0: That's hilarious. All these subcultures
1: yeah well it's so funny because it's like we look at like all the programming subreddits and stuff it's just like all these memes and we look at they're like that's hilarious right and like my wife is a statistician and she'll it's like oh look at this like funny stats meme and it's like you guys are nerds like this is this is ridiculous (laughs) yeah so all in all i I, i'm really happy with how it came out i think in total i spent i think i spent 150 bucks or something like that um and i I feel good about the number of clicks that I got because I I think I got 100 people or something like that that actually clicked the ad and came to my page.
0: Wow, that's not expensive.
1: Yeah, no, I don't think so at all. Um, And I think what's even more valuable is it's really cool when one ad just does better than all the others. Because you're like, oh, either, I mean, you know, all things being equal, Facebook is showing, you would think Facebook is showing all the ads equally and something was vibing with that audience. Which is a cool data point, at the very least.
0: Well, Facebook must tell you how many times it displayed each one. Yeah, yeah, right.
1: I, I so guess the know. the problem is like similarity between people that see it.
0: Right. Okay. Yeah, I, I mean, I wish I could. I wish I could try Facebook.
1: Yeah, right. Because as soon as we got off the podcast before, when you mentioned that you weren't able to target uh, Webflow people who like Webflow and that sort of thing. I immediately went into Facebook and tried to take a look at the audience of like how can I how can I put things together and I really thought I mean maybe you could before or I don't know why I had this idea but I thought that you could target people based on group um, like group membership but you definitely can't um, okay so if you, you want to target people in a group you would need to do like the gray hat stuff I was talking about like getting them to click on something outside right. of Facebook but yeah
0: yeah but I mean when I tried it I could target people who like a page.
1: Yes, that you can do. That you can do. But not membership yeah. to a specific group.
0: Right. But I but I tried to target people who liked Webflow and
1: I, I could st- not. still don't understand that. That's so weird. I was building my audience and I was just like, I don't get how how this yeah. has happened. I wonder if they pay. I bet you there's some crazy stuff under there. Like you can pay to, to be untargeted. Yeah, that would be w- weird. Why would you pay for that? Well, I'm just thinking like when you mentioned that you can pay on YouTube, you can pay to get in front of a specific video. As soon as you told me that I was like, everything's off the table because you can, (laughs) I mean, that's broken because you can literally just piggyback on content that other people are making. Cause like there's a bunch of accountants out there who create content that are just like, oh yeah, I'm creating content and I'm putting it out on YouTube and Facebook and that sort of thing, and it's like, awesome, I'm gonna pick you and I'm gonna put F-Bar ads in front of all of your videos. Because you're doing all the work of going out and getting the audience, I'm just piggybacking off of it. Which, I mean, like, something seems wrong about that, but oh, that's such a sick opportunity, like, I mean, why, I don't even have to do distribution anymore, like. Mm. I just the platforms find the people, and I just get in front of them. Like it's easy. Like, but it's. I mean, I hear, as soon as I hear that, I'm like, oh god! I, if you can, if you can pay to get in front of those people, I bet you can. As those people, you can pay to have people not get in front of you. That wouldn't surprise me at all.
0: I mean, yeah, that's true. That because I've run AdSense on a few websites, and you can block advertisers. Mm. Like you can say, I don't want this advertiser to show up on my website. Mm. So yeah, maybe you can. But uh I mean I don't see how Webflow would have blocked me like yeah <laughs> I'm no one.
1: When you were creating your ads were you doing it under a business account or under you personally?
0: Yeah, a business account. Okay. I mean it's possible maybe the account was too new. Like I, I did see I had I had some restrictions because my account was too new. Oh really? Like I I couldn't upload a list of customers.
1: Oh, okay.
0: Yeah. So your account had to be a certain age or having spent a certain amount of money before you could do that.
1: Okay. Maybe I didn't see those things because my account is quite old because I ran ads a few years ago. I might have the ability, but I I have no idea.
0: Interesting. Yeah. I mean, I have another account. I could try it with that one. That one's old and I did run some ads with it Mm. decades ago.
1: (laughs) But yeah, really like after going out and trying to Google a lot of things because the big thing now when you sign into Facebook ads is iOS 14 Facebook is just alarm bells are everywhere about the way you track events and everything else, because iOS 14 is going to prevent a lot of this stuff. And I don't understand it. I tried to do a little bit of reading and was like, I mean, these are warnings. It's not blocking me. I'm just going to go ahead with it the way I want to do it. And you know, hopefully I get some, I still get results. And I was, ran yeah. after like five days or something of running the ads, the warnings turned from orange to red. No, like you really need to take action. It's like I'd rather just turn the ads off. Actually, <laughs> so so yeah, I like it, you Google all this stuff, and there's it, man, it's because I, I follow a number of people who do Facebook ads, and they talk about how to run them. But it's I mean, geez, this is a whole thing of I mean, every week it's like they're changing the way things work. So it's like you develop this expertise, but I'm not sure how useful it is even like month to month. I mean, I'm sure it's useful, but. It, it's cra- it's crazy how much it seems to change. Yeah. So yeah, all in all, I'm calling the experiment a win. I'm I'm pleased with it, and I have a clear next step that I feel good about. Yeah. So if anything, I spent some money, and it made me take a step forward. So.
0: Oh, for sure. No, I think this is definitely successful, Be- because you, you you know you have just you, you, sh- you have a deadline, right? Like mm. the tax year is ending soon, and you needed to to start getting feedback now like sure you didn't get signups but that wasn't the goal the no goal it wasn't was to, the goal was to learn
1: yeah exactly yeah as soon as I hit the live you know, the publish button it's just like the goal is to get data spend my money exactly. Facebook go
0: exactly
1: yeah I definitely had a nasty or not nasty but a funny problem where I was working on my ad set at uh, at night I, I think it was like a Monday night maybe or something And uh, I was playing with the audience and I had no copy. I had no nothing. And my ad banner was a black square. Like it was nothing. (laughs) And then I was like, okay, cool. I hit publish. Well, I hit what I thought was save. Like, how do you save your changes? It says publish. And it's like, well, my ads are not live anyway. It has an expired credit card. Uh, You know, the, the account is basically like inactive. Sure, like I'll save it, close. And then I went to bed. And then I woke up in the morning and I was eating breakfast and I checked my email and I had received an email a few hours ago that was like, your ads are now live. (laughs) I was like, that doesn't make any sense. So I came and I signed into the Facebook ad console and I had spent like $2 or something like that. But my ads were running with a freaking (laughs) black square with no copy or like it it took the... um, it took like the meta information from the page, just like it was a mess. And it, I'm just, what the hell, man? And I, I turned it off and it's like, D- th- I don't even have a valid credit card. Like <laughs> what is going on here? So it's like the default <laughs> stage for or, um, default status for any ad is run it immediately, which I get, but just, oh my God. Yeah, not the wow. best
0: experience. <laughs> but you actually got, you actually got two clicks? <laughs>
1: Yeah, on a black box, who knew? No, I, I don't remember how many clicks I got. It, it, it started because uh, I limited my audience to only Canada, and it had started running at whatever it was, like 5 a.m. or something. So I don't know who's on Facebook at 5 a.m. on a Tuesday, but like a hundred person, uh, you know, a couple hundred people saw my black square. Okay. So it converted great. Wow. So yeah, so that was fun. Um, I got a very sad email from the microconf organizers that i came in fucking second place in the microconf like easter egg hunt and i was fucking pissed if you're listening to this xander god damn it i'm so mad I, i i did every i spent oh man and like Okay, I mean, I wanted to win a prize, sure, because the prize was like a PS5. It was a PS5, the latest Xbox, or a Switch. And I was like, I would take a PS5, like, why not? And I did all the Easter egg hunts. I did. I was turning people into zombies. I did. I did everything. And um, the, when the event closed, uh, yeah, right. Um, Rob gave the the ending, uh, the the closeout talk, and then he was like, you know, the the, the feedback survey is live. Go and do it. And I was working on something at the time and said, okay, I'm gonna do this because I know it's worth points, but I'm busy with these other things, I'll come back to it. And then there was a message in the Microconf Slack that you know the, the event was now over, whatever, please fill out the survey. So I came back to it like you know 40 minutes after that or something, and they had actually closed the whole platform. So I couldn't even submit my feedback for the event. And I lost by four freaking points because that stupid survey was worth four points. I'm so mad. <laughs> I didn't even. I didn't even really want the PS5, but it's just like to know that that's that was that prevented the tie. Like, oh, I'm so sad.
0: <laughs> that's funny. I, I got that same email. Then I laughed when I got it.
1: Oh God. <laughs> I uh I was I think I got it, I was making supper at the time and it was like, oh it, it, i i i I don't know if it was in Slack or in email or whatever, but I, I got the notification and I just screamed, Fuck <laughs> My wife was like, What is- what happened? What is it? And it's like somebody beat me <laughs> and there's no second place. This is bullshit.
0: <laughs> yeah, by five points.
1: Next time. Next time. <laughs> So yeah, so other than that, I got i um, uh, I'm getting a few knocks on my door to do some freelancing work. And it's making me, well, I'm asking some questions, some financial questions about what I want to do this summer. Because I don't know about you, but I love taking a little bit more time off in the summer. Like the weather's just too good. I want to get out and just be in the park and that, and that kind of thing. So I'm trying to put together an idea, you know, with COVID and everything of how I want to spend some time this summer. And I got an offer last week for a f- small freelancing gig or potentially small. It, it might be turning into a larger project, but I'm really trying to decide for myself, you know, if I want to take a vacation, what does that look like and how much is it going to cost and how does it affect my runway? Because I want to continue with FBARs to get more information and maybe it goes somewhere and maybe it doesn't, but um, I'd like to take it. I want to make sure that I'm taking some kind of break this summer. Some, yeah, at right. least a week. I'd like to take two weeks. I think that would be a healthy, healthy thing to do.
0: Oh, for sure. No, I thought I thought you were like talking about months. <laughs> oh, no, no, no.
1: No. I mean, that'd so, be great. Yeah. But no. Of, of
0: course you have to take 2 weeks.
1: Yeah. So yeah, we're we're trying to figure out what we how we want to how we want to spend our time. Like do we want to go and try to find a chalet? Like I'm sure the entire planet is doing Yeah. Um or you know what what the summer looks like for us. So yeah, like, have you thought about that at all? Like, do you? I mean, I know it's hard to make plans because it's not clear where the vaccine and stuff are going. But
0: yeah, we've uh, we've reserved a few camping trips nice. already. Like, I think I oh, want more place we had to reserve in February. <laughs> you know, it's, it's crazy. Oh god. That so means- yeah, so we got we got a few places. Uh, so those are the only concrete plans we have. Okay. And otherwise, I think we're just going to wing it. Okay. Trying to do day trips here and there, or, mm-hmm. or maybe some last minute camping if if a place has like cancellations Mm -hmm. okay but yeah i like i like camping during the summer
1: yeah oh man i i haven't camped in a while i used to camp every weekend what my parents were big campers and the problem now is when i moved to the city i had no place to store anything so like i don't have room to put it i'm gonna have to suspend a tent from the ceiling like i I just (laughs) have no place to put anything so but i'd love to i'd love to do a little more camping i think that'd be really really nice being in nature is so rejuvenating. Yeah,
0: exactly. I mean, I, yeah, I, I, I find it so relaxing. Like after camping trips, I'm just, I'm zen.
1: Yeah. So. so yeah, we're just trying to put our, put our heads together for the summer and understand what's happening. I think it might be interesting to do a little bit of freelancing just to make a couple bucks. Um, but my, I should be getting paid from my consulting clients in the next while, um, so that'll be a nice influx of money, which will be great. Um, but I'm really interested in, I, like, you know, I, you and I have talked about it a little bit. I'm really interested in remote work. You know, let's say FBAR crashes and burns. I'd be, I would love to to spend more time in the remote work community and understand, like, you know, what do enterprises do now that now that we're doing so much distributed work? What are companies paying for? What are the types of problems they're interested in? Um, yeah, things like that. Like I was chatting with brian ria at microconf and he he wrote a, an application called headlamp and you know it was interesting to hear his take on what's working and what's not with his product and just yeah like i mean so many people are working remotely now i'd love to i just want to d- dig in a little bit more in there and do more reading and some writing around it that sort of thing okay but uh so yeah i feel like maybe doing a little bit of freelancing might be a a useful reintroduction into remote work but right
0: yeah i don't know so the goal would be to like to freelance part-time I'm not, and then yeah. use that experience to help you with ideas?
1: Yeah, maybe a little bit. Like It might be nice to work on a small team with a couple other developers and like re-realize what it's like to work in a distributed development environment. But I don't know that that's necessarily required. I think that's just some like more first hand experience that I would give myself. I'm sure I can do more user interviews with people, like with other developers specifically. I'd like to... I'd really like to work with more developers. I understand like, it's so funny. Like when I first was leaving my job to work on things full time, I was so burnt out on development and developers. I was just like, they're fickle, annoying people and I don't want to <laughs> deal with them. <laughs> and I really, uh, I've luckily I've, my wounds have healed so I feel a little better, but I realize how much of my unfair advantage I'm discarding by saying, I don't want to work with developers like I'm an extremely technical person I love being technical you know even through all of my shred consulting stuff I realized that I love talking to other developers about the problems they're dealing with and what sucks and what's hard and what's fun and you know like I I really and I and I can understand their pains and it's like now that I've Now that I really realize that viscerally, it's like, oh, I I need to get back out there and talk with more developers. I have a huge development network, like with four generations of people, like friends of friends of friends are developers. Like I meet devs. I go to bars and meet devs. I I haven't been to a bar in years, but but, (laughs) uh, like, you know, like I'm just around them all the time and they're easy to find. I know where they live and where they hang out. So I'd love to spend more time like helping solve their problems. And I think this is an interesting way to get back into that. Yeah. Yeah. So that's pretty much it for me. Things I'm thinking about.
0: Well, it sounds like uh, your week was more productive than mine. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. I feel like I'm just doing busy work, like, hmm. like f- fixing bugs and UX improvements and copywriting, which I hate. <laughs> <laughs> it's the same story over and over again. Hmm. I mean, I'm I'm s- in the perfect world. I would just find someone that can do design and copywriting. Yeah. And then I could outsource like, these very specific tasks that I know need to get done. Mm. But I have no idea how to find them. Like, How do you find someone that does that and not spend too much time, like too much trial and error?
1: Mm. I This kind of feels like it might be a problem for the microconf connect Slack of really just kind of throwing a message out there of just like, look, I'm having this problem and I'm looking for somebody who knows what they're doing. Like, I'm looking for somebody vetted or a platform that vets them or anything that solves this problem. Because the nice thing is, right. you're, you're ready and willing to pay. So there, there's got to be people out there who, who are w- ready and willing to receive payment. <laughs> yeah. No, I
0: mean, they would, I don't know if they would be a Microconf Connect, right?
1: Well, I mean, even if they came as a recommendation.
0: Right. Yeah. No, no you're right. I should, I should ask for
1: help right now I'm I'm not making any progress on this. If you're listening to this podcast and you are a designer <laughs> slash copywriter, reach out. Yes, at Judah on Twitter.
0: Right. I mean, uh, I I have plenty of customers that have told me my design is ugly. <laughs> so yeah, I could ask one of them. I guess maybe that's why they're telling me my design's ugly. Mm. But uh, but there's a difference between like someone who's really good at design and someone that can put together landing pages with good copy mm-hmm. I, I mean I believe that the copy is more important than the design i agree I mean maybe my my web designer customers don't agree they they, they believe design is more important mm-hmm. but yeah otherwise I mean I've I did sponsor a newsletter
1: oh yeah that's right yeah
0: yeah so I've started to get some traffic from that mm-hmm. um, it's it's a little underwhelming like i mean it's it's no big deal because i i mean i really didn't know what to expect this was the very first newsletter that i I sponsored so i was like let's just try it but yeah they 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 claim to have like two thousand subscribers um and i think i i paid to sponsor like eight newsletters okay so eight issues
1: and it comes out every week
0: yeah, well, let's it. it comes out once or twice a week. Okay, um, but he he tries to keep like uh, the sponsors in rotation, so like it's not always the same one for every single episode. Okay, so yeah, so I think I I went out in three blasts so far, mm. but yeah, I think I I only have like maybe fifty visitors and one sign up for it. Okay, mm. so it's like, I mean, sign up wise, it's like half a percentage. Yeah, of of their subscribers. But, uh, it doesn't.
1: Did you get a chance to tweak the copy between um, b- uh, between blast? Uh,
0: no, but but he did say I can. So okay. So yeah, I was thinking I should change the copy. I mean, I I, you know, I have been thinking about it, and I think there's probably a, a disconnect between what I'm offering and the community. I think this community is more, like they're more developer, like well, no-code developers, mm. than than like webflow designers.
1: Uh, yeah.
0: So, yeah, it it could help if I changed all my my copy and even I'll have a different landing page for it.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: But uh, but yeah, I mean it's it's a learning experience. Yes, so absolutely. Like, absolutely. Yeah, and it wasn't too expensive, so it's not. Oh. <laughs> it was worth it learn yes,
1: absolutely.
0: but it does make me wonder about my my marketing efforts like I'm I seems to be I'm spending a lot of time thinking about it and doing things but in the end I it seems like most of my traffic is still coming from from the forums mm. from SEO and from Twitter so it's like so really like maybe I should just go back to working more on the product mm. and then whenever i you know like more like product driven development right it's so hard i mean i like you know you see people like peter levels and you think you know like that yeah that's what i want to be doing i want to be working on product and you know talking about it in public and that's it that's my marketing Mm -hmm. like that i don't have to to you know do the other marketing channels of like making making landing pages and then sending traffic to those landing pages yeah, but then maybe maybe it's just a it's just a pipe dream. It's like yeah,
1: <laughs> yeah. I really don't understand. I mean, I had to unfollow Peter Levels for a little while because like yeah. I just he said a few things that just rubbed me the wrong way. But it's the difference between easy and simple, and it's okay to talk about things as if they are simple, but most things are not simple. Most things. Right. Most things are sorry. Most things might look simple, but they are not easy. They're usually very Mm. difficult. And I think I was having a couple rough weeks and Peter Levels was like, it's so simple. And it's just like, how about you (laughs) die in a fire? Like, this is really, really hard, man. Respect my emotions.
0: (laughs) No, I mean, I totally agree. I mean, I'm not even a big Peter Levels fan. Like, I don't actually follow him on Twitter Mm. because for a while he was just ranting about politics and COVID and Mm. I have a very strict rule about consuming mass media and totally. <laughs> so I, I just had to unfollow
1: yeah but I agree with you like he has some kind of magic about him where he can just like talk about what he's doing and the right people are hearing it I don't know if it's the size of his audience or his stuff gets reshared or what it is but I mean how has how did he manage to find all of these nomads because are they all programmers because I mean that would be the reason why you would know him I, right like who is his yeah. audience like I, I can't <laughs> yeah, I, I just assume that his audience is people like me.
0: But I mean, he was, you know, like he, he was early. Mm-hmm. Like he was, he, you know, one of the first very niche websites for remote workers mm-hmm. and digital nomads. Like he was he was early. So like that, that definitely helps. Yeah. At this point, I mean, yeah, that's the advantage of being early.
1: And I guess too, part of it, like he started a community of nomads. And I know that yeah. he... Like he's talked about talking to them before, like tapping, tapping that community to say like, oh, what do you think about X and Y and this feature I'm going to add and, and that sort of thing.
0: Yeah. So I'm not saying like that the way he does it is the way to do it. Mm-hmm. I mean, I I think you do have to do marketing at the beginning and talking to customers and every single product that I've made that has failed is because I didn't do those things. I didn't talk to customers and I didn't, mm-hmm. didn't try to do any marketing. Yeah. I just assume ah, the product will speak for itself and, and people will spread it word of mouth and.
1: and gold just pours out of the screen and
0: yes exactly <laughs> so yes yeah, so, so I know I, I have to do some but I just feel like now like I've I've done a lot mm-hmm. and I really don't have much to show for it so it's, it feels like you know maybe i need to flip again like 80% work on the product and just 20% on marketing
1: i was just going to say maybe you should take a couple weeks and just do some dev recharge your batteries on something yeah, you really Yeah, exactly enjoy.
0: that's it that that's what i'm thinking about mm. like for an, exa- an example i have this idea for a new workflow so i haven't i haven't talked to anybody about it specifically mm-hmm. but in my, my like 20 interviews that I've done in the past, like it has come up a few times and I never really explored it more, but but so like last week, there was one point where I just I just want, it was just bugging me so much. Like, I, I want to know if this is possible. Like, can I, you know, can I hack this together? So I just spent a few hours like, yeah, doing what I love, like just hacking at it, like trying to see if this would work. And I had like a proof of concept. Yeah, okay, this this will work. I can do this, and that was enjoyable. Totally. <laughs> like that's what I love doing. Like I love, I love hacking. Yeah. So so then, you know, is this, this is what I would rather be doing. I'd rather be adding this new workflow, or at least just a landing page for it, and then start talking to people about that. Like, yeah, and see if people would be interested in in paying for
1: this. Totally. I think you should, and I think you you should take a break. You should do, but like I mean, yeah, it's still productive work, but it's work you really enjoy.
0: I agree. It's it seems like and and it seems like you know the marketing that I have now, or at least the growth that I have now, is is on autopilot. Like it's people coming in from from the forums and from Messio, and so I'd rather be working on product. And as long as I'm doing it in public, I have stuff to tweet about, Mm -hmm. so that continues to drive Twitter traffic and, uh, and yeah, and it's, and it will help SEO and gives me more things to share in the forums. When, when I encounter someone that's experiencing that problem, yeah. it seems to be more of more of what's working.
1: Yeah. Well, I think they, uh, people talk about like, you know, you want to double down on the things that work and you're yeah. still looking for more things that work. Cause like you say, like the forums and the community are working, so that's great. Like don't stop doing it but you know you're exploring other things and like maybe this particular email sponsorship didn't work great there's lots of reasons why that could be but like it, it's exhausting to do it i don't super enjoy it and it's not yielding very good results yeah that, yeah i could see how that <laughs> could could yield some frustration
0: when you put it that way yeah it's true
1: <laughs> and i guess one nice thing too is the um, i was looking at the no code dev site and all of their their corpus of newsletters is all open. You can always go back and review previous um, previous emails in their archive. Yeah. And uh, every email has a link out to power importer. So that now you have a permalink from no code devs to to your site.
0: Yeah, that's a good point. Yeah, that's all So high yeah, those are all backlinks yeah.
1: that will stay there forever. Highly relevant ones. <laughs> yeah.
0: Yeah. Yeah, and I mean that's I, c- I could still work on the copy for the next for the next issues.
1: You should definitely put the WAP ad into that and see if he runs it for you. Because the people who get it are gonna get it. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) If you don't know what I'm talking about, go to to Mark's WAP. (laughs) Go to Mark's Twitter. I think it's clever. I think it's a clever bit of marketing, and I think you should do it. Take chances. Cool. That's it for me. I don't know if you have anything else.
0: No. No, that's about it for
1: myself. Great. I'll catch up next week. Yep. Sounds good, man.
0: All right. Take it easy. You too.